Straw Hut Media. While he was in college at Brigham Young University, Charlie Bird swore to keep his identity a secret. He traveled to hundreds of sporting events as Cosmo the Cougar, never showing his face. In 2017, a video of Cosmo leading the Cougarettes in a dance on the football field went viral. He traveled the country, went on TV, and was voted ESPN's number one mascot. And no one knew who he was. Then, in February of last year, after he had graduated, Charlie Bird finally took off the mask. In an article for the Deseret News, the newspaper published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake City, Utah, Charlie came out as Cosmo and as gay. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. Hey everyone, I'm Charlie Bird. I am probably best known for being the mascot at Brigham Young University, Cosmo the Cougar. Outside the Mormon church and Utah, a cougar wearing a jersey might not seem like a huge deal, but within the community, Cosmo is huge. Cosmo is like the representation of who people feel they are. Like he like characterizes this entire community. When he first showed up in the 1950s, Cosmo didn't do backflips. He didn't do slam dunks, he didn't dance. Then, as the years went on, the costume changed to allow for more stunts. But it was a young guy from a small town in Missouri with no formal dance training that turned Cosmo into a viral star. I just uh, probably watched too many Shakira music videos and danced in the mirror a little too much and uh, kind of learned how to move. But I was always interested in like cheerleading and flips. During his freshman year at BYU, Charlie tried out to be the man behind the mask, and the rest is history. Putting on the Cosmo suit was kind of like stepping into a different world. Charlie says his first parade was a surreal experience, and there were people lined up on both sides of the street. And they just started screaming and reaching out their hands and like going crazy. And I'm over here looking around like, is Beyonce here? <laughs> like, what am I missing? And uh, I'm looking around to see what they're freaking out about, and it took me a while to realize that that it was me, it was Cosmo. So the Cosmo videos, they go viral on social media multiple times, gaining, I mean, close to, we're, you're talking about millions and millions and millions and millions of views, which is huge. It was like a tsunami of positivity and excitement. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey from being this like mysterious mascot who is Cosmo for BYU, and then to also be on the inside a proud gay man that you are today. So growing up the way I did, being gay wasn't even an option. And every aspect of my orientation was coupled with intense shame and a lot of self-deprecation and internalized homophobia. Um, all throughout middle school and high school, I basically tried everything I could to change who I am. I like fasted and prayed to become straight. And I practiced psychological exercises and conversion therapy techniques. And I did all of this in complete isolation. I, I never told anyone. Charlie says he felt like there was no one he could tell. He had only ever been told one thing about being gay, and it was bad. He didn't see other queer people in church or at school. He felt like he was wrong, and the only option was to make it go away. And, uh, 
And man, that's just a rough way to live. I I spent so much time and energy trying to run away from myself. And um, it took me to some really dark places, um, like mentally and emotionally. Then Charlie went on his mission to San Bernardino. Maybe some of the listeners have seen the Book of Mormon musical on Broadway. Uh, Yeah, I was one of those guys. And uh, it's actually kind of funny because that experience was the first time I could ever really be myself um, without worrying about being labeled as gay or straight or feminine or girly or, or anything. And since I was a missionary, I could just kind of take a break from running away. Um, and I felt most like myself. Even though spending two years in San Bernardino doesn't sound as life-changing as maybe spending two years in Bali. Nonetheless, going on his mission seemed to help Charlie recalibrate. And he assumed that when he came back, all would be well and he would be straight. And in this culture, like, that's what you do. You serve a mission, you come home, you get married, and you have a family. Like, it is so, like, um, hetero family oriented. And um, so when this didn't happen, and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to have that future, this entire life I had envisioned for myself crumbled. And I didn't see a place for me in my life or in society. I didn't see how I could possibly live, and uh, and there were times when I didn't want to, and and that scared me. Uh, it scared me so much to be dealing with these intense feelings of shame um, that honestly I was very familiar with, but now coupled by more severity and and these thoughts of of wishing that that I were dead. So at this point, I'm at BYU, I'm Cosmo, and I'm literally hiding everything about my life. I'm wearing these two masks, these these two huge secrets, one of them being the thing I'm most proud of, being like this famous mascot, and the other um, was my biggest fear and my biggest shame. And I struggled. I struggled with that. On one side, hiding his true identity made him feel like a superhero. He rode to events in the Cosmobile so that no one would know the face behind the cougar mask. On the other side, hiding who he was as a gay man made him feel alone and wrong. It's kind of interesting because my faith and that community were the main reasons that I was struggling so terribly to accept myself. But at the same time, my faith and that community are what ended up saving me. And those two things kind of came together in this, what I figure is a pretty unexpected place, um, which was at a pride parade. Listen, my whole life, I had avoided gay people at all costs. Like I was taught that they were inherently evil and dangerous. So how then did he end up at a pride parade? Before his senior year in college, Charlie took an internship and got a clean slate once again. This time, though, instead of San Bernardino, he was in Washington, D.C. in June. And there were gay people everywhere, like on the streets, um, holding hands, pushing strollers, and at my job, and in the student dorms I was staying at. It was Pride Month. All over the city, people were celebrating the LGBTQ community. Churches hung banners that said, all are welcome. Stores flew rainbow flags. Everyone was on board. And I started, like watching and just kind of like for for the first time ever like trying to associate with another gay person which i never had done before ever and 
I realized that these people weren't what I expected them to be. They weren't evil or mean. They were actually really nice and very similar to me. And um, I was incredibly intrigued, but still pretty conflicted. He decided to check out an interfaith pride service in downtown Washington, D.C. And I felt so uncomfortable. And I sat in the very back corner. After the service, a woman followed him outside. And I'm sure she could tell I was just a mess. She asked Charlie who he was and why he had come to that service. I ended up telling her what church I belonged to. <laughs> I'll never forget, she says, Oh, honey, let me help you. <laughs> and uh, she told me about this Latter-day Saint LGBTQ plus resource group that had a chapter in the area. And I was like, lady, you're crazy. That, that doesn't exist. When Charlie got home later that evening, he looked them up. And it turns out they did exist. It was so mind boggling to me to think that there were members of my church who were like me or who supported people like me. I honestly thought I was the only one. He found their Facebook group and saw that they were planning to march in the Pride Parade the following day. So the next day, Charlie faced his fears and met up with the group at a bakery. And there were a lot more people than I anticipated. And, uh, and these people, these perfect strangers took me under their wing and provided a space for me, a space that I didn't know existed. Together, they took to the streets and joined tens of thousands of other LGBTQ plus people and allies. And I was a closeted gay Mormon at a pride march, and it was it was surreal. It was blowing my mind. And actually, that day was the first time I ever said the words, I'm gay, out loud. That evening, I, I was sitting on the edge of the Capitol reflecting pool and watching the sunset. I was just, you know, my mind's running at 100 miles per hour. Because my entire life, I had lived under the impression that being gay was terrible and wrong, and that I should do everything to reject myself. But this day at Pride had been one of the most beautiful, liberating, and, and spiritual days of my life. All his life, Charlie says he thought he had no options. But then I met these strong LGBTQ plus Christians, and these people were like paradoxes to me, but it was opening my mind because I felt like them. Ever since I was young, I was taught that I could like pray and, and ask God anything, and that I had divine heritage, that there's, there's divinity in each of us. And as I was sitting there watching the sunset and thinking about this, I, I realized that when it came to being gay, my orientation, I'd only ever prayed for it to change. Like I'd never asked if I should accept myself or if God could love a gay person. I just assumed and I just accepted when society told me that Christians can't be gay and God hates gay people. A couple weeks later, he went to the Mormon temple and prayed. Only this time, he decided that he would no longer ask God to change him. And I had an overwhelming feeling that I was created intentionally and that my orientation is part of me and is nothing to be ashamed of or try to change. And I felt so strongly that I should accept myself and move forward authentically and openly. And uh, what a shift, you know? It, it, this, these two kind of like sister experiences were, were the fulcrum of my entire life. And after that summer, I went back to BYU for my senior year as a completely new person. 
When we come back, how exactly do you square up being gay while being a member of a church that is infamously anti-gay? Welcome back. Today we're talking to Charlie Bird, former mascot for the Mormon University, BYU. Before the break, Charlie told us about his struggle to accept himself within the context of his religion and how a group of complete strangers in Washington, D.C. helped him finally find a place for himself where he could affirm both his sexuality and his faith. But even with a small community of like-minded people, how does a gay man find a place in an infamously anti-gay church? Yeah, um, it's it's the golden question, really. Um, how do you accept these two parts of yourself in a culture that says it's impossible? And honestly, it, it's really tough. It's been the main struggle of my life and has caused me a lot of, you know, cognitive dissonance and considerable tension. For a long time, I thought I had to get rid of either one or the other to be happy. Um, so I tried. I tried so hard to reject my sexual orientation. And it left me depressed and broken and anxious. And I tried to reject my faith, but I couldn't. You know, it felt wrong. It felt insincere. Ultimately, Charlie says he just had to make peace with the tension. Giving up either part of his identity was somehow even more unlikely than finding a way to embrace them both, even if they seemed incompatible. And living in that tension has led me to immeasurable growth. And I I think it's taught me true authenticity, um, how to own who I am, all parts of who I am, and not really care what other people think about me. Um, You know, both of these things, faith and orientation, though in in different ways, are integral to who I am. They have both shaped my personality and my worldview and my character. And without one or the other, I wouldn't really be me. And, and, you know, I don't have a silver bullet answer for how to do this or how someone else could do this. Um, it's, it's a continual process and I'm still learning as I go, kind of stumbling through. But, um, but as of now, I just I'm super honest with myself and I make sure that I'm honoring my faith as a Christian and my identity as a gay man in everything I do. On top of that, I'm sure everyone is thinking like, OK, that's cool and all like spirituality, personal like stuff is in check, but like, how can you possibly stay involved with a religious organization that opposes who you are? And, uh, and and I get that (laughs) very valid concern. Um, so I guess to that, I would say that I, you know, well, first off, there's a lot of things about my church that I love. Um, and then on top of that, there are just so many misconceptions within my community. Um, Historically, there's been little exposure and almost no education, and my church has a sticky and very problematic past in its treatment and relationship with LGBTQ plus people. Um, So to me, it's worth it to stick around and help be a point of reference for other people like me. I'm in a really unique position where I can educate my community about orientation and identity. Not many people have been trusted with that, and um, I I realize that I can also kind of provide hope to my peers and especially the youth in this church. And that's meaningful to me. That's powerful. And that's something I never had growing up. So I've just kind of decided to to stay in this space as long as I can. So Charlie decided to stay in the church. But in order to do that, he had to find a way to let go of his anger 
and it's super easy to be angry at the Mormon church. There's been a lot said in my community that has caused me and other members of the LGBTQ plus community deep emotional damage. And, you know, before I say anything, I just want to start by saying that I never excuse or condone that in any way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, a few years ago, I got to a point where I kind of became obsessed with the hurtful or ignorant things that my church leaders have said. And I gave their comments so much control over my life and over my happiness. I read them over and over and I thought about them constantly. And keep in mind that a lot of these are people who died like way before I was even born. But I, I was burying myself in their ideas and their quotes. And I kind of started projecting rejection. Um, like I would go to church or to school and assume that everyone around me had the same thoughts and ideas as these dead guys and that I was unsafe. And it created a lot of paranoia. But mostly, Charlie says, that feeling he kept having wasn't a true reflection of reality. I actually ended up finding a huge support system and ally network in my church and at BYU. So by giving so much power to that rejection, I felt more rejected than I really was, if that makes sense. And um, gosh, it's tricky. It's so, so tricky. Um, a lot of times I think people's opinions are formed in ignorance. And I try to realize that not everything is born out of malice. Some of it really does just come from ignorance. And I actually feel pretty confident that if any member of my church spent some time getting to know me and my story, um, their opinions on what it means to be gay would change. So, um, yeah, I think it's really healthy and wise to acknowledge the past. But I also feel very strongly that we should do it in a way that sparks understanding and progress. It's, it's a lesson that's helped me become a powerful advocate and a positive voice, and it's put me in this position where I can help educate my community and, and change the minds that need changing. And there are a lot of minds that need changing within the LDS Church. As a representation of something beloved, his time as Cosmo the Cougar, Charlie already had an in. He came out as the mascot and as gay at the same time, so not only did Charlie's secret identity as Cosmo create a perfect parallel for his coming out story, it also gave him a platform, and ironically, since mascots don't speak, a voice. And I'm really grateful for that because that is, like, that's unprecedented for, for some of these people to, to trust and listen to a gay individual. Um, and I feel really blessed that I have this platform that I could kind of leverage to shed light on some of the problems that the LGBTQ plus people are facing at BYU and within my church. Since coming out in February of last year, Charlie's had the opportunity to participate in some pretty cool pride events. One of those events was the Love Loud Fest. Love Loud was started by Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons to raise awareness and funds to support marginalized LGBTQ plus people. So at the 2019 festival, I performed alongside some of like the biggest names of music, like Kesha and Vincent and Tegan and Sarah, and it was so incredible and uh, made a lot of connections. We raised money for the Trevor Project and the Human Rights Campaign and a ton of local LGBTQ nonprofits. And among those nonprofits is a local Utah organization called InCircle. And it provides free therapy for youth. And um, I've also been able to help InCircle um, on some other initiatives to raise mental health awareness here in the local Utah community. And, you know, in addition to that, there's, there's actually quite a few LDS LGBTQ support organizations 
So I try really hard to stay heavily involved with those and just do my best to be a positive voice and create resources to support other people like me. Recovering from years of internalized homophobia didn't happen overnight. So I started going to therapy. I I found a wonderful therapist who was both faith-affirming and gay-affirming, which that in and of itself is a miracle. It's Those are really hard to come by where I live. But uh, working with a licensed professional was really life-changing for me. He had to shift the way he moves through life. I also, I just worked really hard to take things one day at a time. When I thought about my future in big picture terms, it really stressed me out. Um, and it made me feel disempowered. So I kind of just focused on growing day by day. Um, each day getting a little better, a little more comfortable with who I am, a little more forgiving of others. And, you know, I was able to take on that immense shift in my expected future and work through that depression and shame as I took things one day at a time. Do you feel that the barriers between the church and the LGBTQ plus community are changing? Yeah, I, I really do. I think I think just the fact that we're even having this conversation is a testament to that. Not too long ago, it was like literally impossible to be a gay member of my church. But I'm here and people like me are here and we're walking a super uncharted territory, but I've seen a lot of progress. Um, a lot of that progress is coming directly from the membership of the church. I, I actually read an article recently about how support for gay marriage and equal LGBTQ rights has grown very rapidly in this faith community over the past three years. And uh, I feel that. I, I, I see that happening. People are starting conversations and rallying and People are scooting down in their pew on Sunday to let gay couples sit next to them. And um, I have a transgender friend who is active and loved in her congregation. And I've seen a lot of growth in the number of Latter-day Saint allies at advocacy conventions and pride events. Um, and then kind of on top of that, I don't want to sound like uh, like big headed, but I, I recently published a book about growing up gay in my church. and. I really wasn't too sure how the community would respond to it, um, but I, I ended up publishing through the church's like owned publishing company and it sold out and we had to issue a reprint after only two days. So I think that's just another really great sign that people want to learn how to better support LGBTQ plus individuals within this church community. Last year, Charlie was leading the float for AT&T's Young Heroes campaign at Salt Lake City Pride with trans advocate Miles McKenna. And I had the most amazing day. It was liberating and beautiful and I was wearing this cute outfit and there were cameras and I was doing interviews and I felt like a superstar. Um, but I mean, not because of the cameras, but because I felt so proud of myself for finally accepting who I am and coming out and being courageous enough to share that and show it publicly. Like with my background, that's it's a huge feat. And um, that's something a younger me never imagined I could do. And, and that day I, I marched with my people. And it was a Sunday, um, which is the day that as a Latter-day Saint, I usually worship and observe the Sabbath. So as we're finishing up marching in this parade, I see a church building. We're in Salt Lake City, they're everywhere. <laughs> and uh, 
I saw people who were arriving and walking into the building, and I wanted so, so badly to go to church and worship with them. But I'm like, like I'm filming for a pride campaign, you know? And I was sitting with that in, like I was saying, sitting in that tension for a little bit. And I realized that I felt like I had to choose one or the other, which is everything I stand against. So, so instead I decided that I was going to choose both, that I was going to choose me. So I finished up with the parade and excused myself for a bit. And I walked over to the church building and I, I was wearing rainbow socks and a pride shirt and had like stray specks of glitter on my face. <laughs> and I walked into the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints exactly as I was. And I definitely got some looks, most of them surprised, some of them glares, but a lot of them were like encouraging smiles. And I sat down and I worshiped with my people. And to me, that's what authenticity is. It's being true to myself. It's not forcing myself to choose between these two integral parts of who I am. It's being courageous and living my life according to my own values. Charlie knew he would encounter negativity from the LDS community. There wasn't any way to avoid that. He even found it helpful. In a way, I think it's kind of good because I can get a feel for where people are at and what misconceptions I need to work harder to clear up. Um, but I set a lot of boundaries. I, I, I usually don't read comments on news stories about me or any articles I write. I just, I just try to fill my life with positivity. The negative feedback that Charlie finds a bit harder to deal with comes from an unexpected place, the LGBTQ plus community. I stepped into this space as an adult after a lifetime of complete avoidance and internalized homophobia. And so obviously I was years behind when it comes to gay culture and LGBTQ plus history. And it was really hard for me when I was trying to learn and be involved and figure things out. Um, when some people would you know, make fun of me or tell me I wasn't gay enough or I was being gay in the wrong way. Charlie says because of that, he's especially grateful for the people who patiently guided him through his first forays into the LGBTQ plus community. You know, like those people at my first pride parade who, who've taught me and taken me under their wings and, and helped me feel comfortable in a space that, that honestly is still kind of new to me. Um, I, I think it's really powerful when we realize that we're all part of the same family and it's okay that people are on different points in their journey or have paths that look different, um, I think our differences are what make us stronger. And there's so much intersectionality within the LGBTQ plus community. And I think honoring our diversity is so powerful. Last year, Charlie released a memoir called Without the Mask, Coming Out and Coming into God's Light. His book tells the story of how he went from trying to pray away the gay to being a proud gay Mormon man. It tells the story of, of what it was like to feel rejected and alone and um, what it was like to try to date girls and then stop dating girls in a culture where heterosexual marriage is considered the highest honor. And um, I, I talk about finding hope and healing in, in this community. And, and I tackled these hard, complex questions of faith and sexuality and how to build a support system in a place where a support system doesn't exist. 
And, um, you know, before before I started writing the book, I, I wrote a letter to the future reader to just kind of, you know, ground myself and and help me focus on which stories I wanted to tell as I was writing. And um, I, I wrote this letter that said I wanted to make this book the book that I never had growing up um, and a book that that families and church leaders never had. And um, that's what I tried to do. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. I think it'll help a lot of people in my community. You can order a physical copy of the book online or download the ebook. There's also an audiobook that Charlie reads himself. So if, if you like my voice on this podcast, you can hear it in the audiobook. You can also hear Charlie's voice on his podcast, Questions from the Closet. With a good friend of mine who's also a gay member of my church. And uh, each week we take a difficult or taboo question about being an LGBTQ plus Latter-day Saint and invite a guest on to discuss. And that's been really cool because we've been able to take on some pretty difficult questions that people have. And we get a wide range of people to, to provide different insights and points of view. So that's a fun project. And, and I love how it's kind of like an ongoing resource. So what's next for Charlie? Y'all are going to think I'm crazy for this, but uh, I'm, I'm headed back to BYU actually to do a master's in social work. Um, I wanted to become a licensed clinical therapist. And like I said, it, it was it's hard. It's hard for people in this community to find like LGBTQ plus affirming and faith affirming therapists. Um, so I wanted to kind of fill that void. And I felt like I could make the biggest impact if I was back at BYU. Um, there aren't really very many out students on campus and I've been asked to help with some diversity and inclusion efforts. So I decided it was worth it for me to go back. If you want to keep up with Charlie, Instagram is the place to go. I'm at Mr. Charlie Bird and uh, I post pictures of myself. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to see me, there I am. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. I really think we can learn and grow from each other as we share our experiences and truly create a support system and a safety net that fulfills the needs of our entire community. I, I felt like Miss America right now. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that wasn't your question. It was a good spin. <laughs> Thanks.